Welcome to the Toffee TV podcast. We are back and hopefully we'll be here every week to do the podcast. It's been uh, it's been quite busy, obviously, with the whole COVID situation and Everton's very busy start of the season. So I am joined by Baz, I'm joined by Billy and I'm joined by Kane. Let's get into it. So, Baz... Fantastic start of the season. How excited are you for the rest of the season? I'm trying to I'm trying to play it down. Trying to play it down. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but yeah, it's been a great start of the season, hasn't it? It's from where we were at the end of the last, you know, when the last season, probably from where we were when the last time we done the podcast it was. Um, it's gone up a few levels, but certainly from the end of the season, um, we've come back and it, it's. It's been a perfect, absolutely perfect start. Seven wins from seven. New signings, some players out the door. There's still maybe a couple more out the door because there's still a week, over a week to go of the domestic transfer window and stuff. So it's been a very, very good first part of the season. Billy, you obviously haven't been with us over the summer. So you haven't seen all the transitions of things going on. You haven't seen also a lot of the drama behind us worrying and stuff. So for you, sort of being on the outside looking in, how have you have you seen everything that's gone on to the point that where we are now? Seven wins out of seven. It's been quite strange, really. It's like quite un-Everton-like, I think, because... Um... I don't know, the way that the team are playing in the moment, there seems to be a shift in mentality as well as the quality in the side. Like when they when they lose, well, when we come from behind and the way that we're playing and there seems to be a lot more aggression as well. But it just seems to be completely different. But I think post-lockdown, the football was really poor and I wasn't enjoying it at all. But I think the, the, the signings in the summer have made a huge difference and just looked like a much better side. It's It's been... It's been... Brilliant start and watching the team develop as you know we 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 were we were there you know we've been there during, during the summer waiting for these signings watching people you know crit- the criticism of um, people at the club and people are starting to get really really worried but the 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 way we've brought the players in and the way they've gelled so so seeming seamlessly into the team has just been very unevident. It has, but. It's the quality of player, isn't it? You know, in the past, we I think we said this when we were talking early on, you know, doing the, the first couple of games reviews, is that you in the past it's always we just let him settle in and we've got to wait till he develops and know how to understand what they want of him. But I think the difference with what what we've seen so far is two of the three players that have come in have already worked with Carlo Ancelotti mm. anyway, so therefore that you know they know exactly what he wants. And Abdelaide Decore, he was Premier League ready anyway. He was already in there. But they're all very good players. James Rodriguez is incredible. Absolutely incredible footballer. Um, and you've got Alan, who is a brilliant player and has been brilliant in Italy. Um, so it's not really that much of a surprise that they've settled in. But I guess what is a little bit of a surprise is the way the team looks totally different with them. You can go in a team sometime and do your job and still look good, but it's the way the whole team looks like it's been together for three years and they know exactly what they're doing. And I think the longer we go through the season with everyone being healthy and fit, 
I think it'll get better and better with the training and, and obviously we're into a period which you touch on lots of times in other videos is that it's one game a week now so we can really concentrate on the tactical side of the game as well. Definitely. Billy, who have you been impressed with so far during the um, start of the season? You know, Obviously, all the talk of James Rodriguez, but is there, is there been one other player or are you, are you just happy with everything that's happened at the start of the season? I th I'm happy with everything really, but yeah, as you say, Hammers is the one that stands out the most because I think he just looks like a real world-class talent. But I think I think Decore has been almost surprisingly good. We he was a player who Everton have been interested in for a while, but his sort of pace and energy in the in the midfield and just like he's so mobile and he's good going forward, good going backwards as well. Like some of the interceptions that he's made in the game just sort of last ditch when we've needed someone there he's been tracking back so I think him in particular has been impressive and someone that's made a huge difference in in the midfield Delph we all writ off Sigurdsson we all writ off um, a lot of people write Tom Davis off continually and still will but they look like they've been rejuvenated probably by I mean, I don't know whether you agree, but I think there's a level of there's a level where footballers almost feel, what's the point? Do you know what I mean? Like, like can this get any better with us with this manager? Mm -hmm. And I think with Marco Silva, there was a little bit of that with some players. And towards the end of the season, there was probably a little bit of that. Like, not what's the point? As in, like, can we get better? But almost just we at the end of the season, you're going through the motions. You got the flip flops on, empty stadiums. You're playing games every three days. You feel probably a little bit tired, a little bit battered, and you just want your holiday. You just want to finish the season. I think that's human nature. But I think those players have come back with the manager ringing, you know, the, the, what his, his words ringing in their ears of like, don't bother coming back if you're not ready to fight for this team. Like, I'm bringing better players in. I'm going to make this team better, but you're, you can still be part of that. I think those players from you, Baz, are... Certainly, with the ones we've seen so far, are, are, it's, it, there's evidence of that because you mentioned the Blackpool game there. We go into that game, it's one of only two friendlies. And, you know, Sigurdsson, I think, was the captain that day. And fans, uh, fans me included, probably were like, what's, what, what's this? What's going on here? But, he, you know, that day he scored a couple of goals. He looked a little bit more on it. He's never really. He's, funny thing with Sigurdsson is, he's not someone I don't think. He's never really come out and said. I don't want to be here, or I want to be so. He's like, there is a definite level of professionalism that he's got. He wants to play for Everton, but and now we're starting to see that. I think in in many ways that it's like I, I, he's willing to fight for his place. Really, definitely. I think I think Kane's right as well. Do you have come back? You know, and we have seen Delph and Sigurds and players who we were we would have been quite happy to see go out the door this summer. Um, I think Ancelotti. I think I think you're right. You, we got to that stage in lockdown where, the, certainly from the Spurs game, once we lost that game, everybody knew Europe was done then, and it did, it probably did just become. They've been training since the start of July. This is the middle of July. We've got no fans in the stadium. It's an uncertain time. It's a year of this one season, and we can't really achieve anything subconsciously trying to get up for games every three days. Mm. We're fans, so we look at everything through our eyes of we want to be better, we want to win, we want to be able to 
us. We want to be able to walk into this studio bouncing because our team's great. Um, yeah, we were sat there going five games to go. For, we, were, we were writing the games off. We didn't care because you could see that the players weren't at it. And once that was done, and we know Ancelotti and Duncan Ferguson had sat them down and, and give them that. Don't come back. If you don't want to be here, get you onto your mm. agents. If you want, we're going here and you either join us or go somewhere else. And those two in particular, Delph and Sigurdsson, okay, Delph has only just come back in, so I'm not going to go overboard about him. But the two games he was involved in last week, he did well in both of them, I thought. But Sigurdsson has, he's, listen, he's not quick, so he's never going to catch your eye, but he's technically very good. Mm. And he, in like the West Ham game, he had an assist. You know, he's good and comfortable in possession. You just said that then having Decore in there really helps. Players like Gilfie, you can't get around the pitch the same way because it allows him to concentrate, almost like Andre Gomez, just doing things with the ball. Gomez is probably a better version of keeping the ball, but then I'd back Gilfie Sigurdsson to get us a goal rather than Andre Gomez. So those players who maybe futures were on knife edges have, have really had to step up. And then we've seen players like Theo Walcott go out the door, who, who was, I think, Carlo Ancelotti made his mind up very early what was happening with him. So it's been great, and that has been the reinvigoration of the squad has been key, really, what's what's happened, along with, obviously, the three new signs. Yeah. Billy, those players, the likes of uh, Sigurdsson, the likes of Fabian Delph, how do you feel like they've, they've coped so far, Tom Davis? And what do you think, you know, for the rest of the season for those players? As in, you know, can they break into this team or will they always be squad players coming into the side? I remember after the, the first game of the season against Spurs, I was so impressed with the new signings. I was I was almost a bit worried that if they were no longer available, then um, the players who were having to step in would just be, it would just be such a drop-off then we'd be in trouble. But after watching some of the cup games and then the game the other day against Brighton, where you had quite a few of those sort of like second string players, like people like Awobi, Sigurdsson and Delph. I was just being really impressed with them. And I think before the season, a lot of people would have expected Everton to be around the likes of Wolves and Leicester. But with the with the new signings, I feel like our first eleven is sort of a, it's just much better than theirs. And we've got the depth that they don't have as well. So I think going forward, particularly around the Christmas period when there's lots of games and players start to get tired. I think those the likes of Delph, Sigurdsson and Wobi will become really useful because we can swap out some of the really important players. So, yeah, I expect them to, to still come on and get minutes and I think they'll be a big use to the squad. Kane, what are your thoughts on, on um, Gilfie Sigurdsson? Are you, are you you happy with him? And, and, you know, is he someone that can break into the side? Definitely, yeah. I think at first, uh, and started, well, the end of lockdown, sorry, um, I, I didn't want him in the squad. To be honest, I didn't want him as an Everton player. And showing this, this, the attitude he's got now on the pitch at the end of lockdown. He's come back, and you know what? When he comes on as a pitch, on, on the pitch, he's coming in at the end of a game, and he's... He's on the same level as he plays in a way because he's lost when he first joined us. But, yeah, I'd love him as a squad player. And, you know, which, unfortunately, we're not. 
he, he would have been brilliant for us. Lord, him, him and the likes of all play for, for us. But yeah, I definitely like maybe an honest doesn't offer enough. So maybe Sigurdsson could push us to level. Maybe we need to go forward. But like I've said. For me, that was that was a big confidence boost like seeing us get through that game with, with and those players come in and and s- not quite seamlessly, but go in there, do the jobs, and have that little bit of quality of Hamas Rodriguez and the core doing their jobs and and the 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 back the back, the centre backs looking good as well, and obviously uh, Dominic Carvalhoin. So it it's only it can only be confidence building for those players on the pitch as well who might. Must have those doubts in their mind about players coming into the team. Yeah, it's a trust issue, isn't it? We've we've got it as fans. The players will have it. Where you're, you've got a team. You'll have everyone who's played football will have played in a team at a time when a couple of your best players aren't available, and other lads come in, and you are you are thinking, are they going to be able to do a similar job? But all the best teams and the most successful teams are able to put players in, get results, and then take them back out when then. Then plays are available again. That your best eleven, you know. What I mean, I, I went to Old Trafford every year for about seven years when they just used to change their team and they played us and put Quinton Fortune in and people like that and beat us every year, you know, with, uh, without really having to break sweat. Because the players who were coming in knew their roles, and you see it at other top clubs. You know, couple will be rested on the bench and they'll bring another couple in, and they'll just fit into the way the teams playing. Okay, we had a, you know, we had a three injuries against West Ham and then we lost to Charles nearly again at the weekend and then obviously Seamus Coleman went off and we still had to move it around and to be fair it you know we got through the game quite comfortably and you know young you think well all them players are to come back you know you've got Kenny to come back you've still got Holgate who's not kicked the ball for us this season to come back into the squad you know Seamus hopefully will be back for the derby or there or thereabouts and Gomez Strangely, if the game would have been the next day, would have played, which was a fan a little bit mad from Carlo, but then he's fit. So it's good that we've got another little test out the way. We're talking about tests, mm. aren't we, as we go through the season? And that was another mm. test because that was a team who come to Goodison flying, let's be honest. Brighton, I know the results haven't played out like that, but they'd lost to Chelsea, Manchester United, when they should never have lost to Man United. You know, they're two teams who finished in the top four last year. They won 3 0 at Newcastle. And then obviously we ended up beating them. So it was a difficult game and we got through it. Yeah. So we just talked about some of the more, not impressive, but just the bigger players that we brought in. What about some of the unsung heroes or smaller signings that we brought in? Baz, in Konku of the World, Godfrey's. What are your thoughts on them? Yeah, and Kunku's been a, a huge surprise, hasn't he? Because obviously we signed him in uh, July. We had that one day, didn't we? And he'd mm. come a little bit left field, that one, and we signed him. And I think everybody, and the plan probably was for him to be with the 23s this season, see how he developed. But Everton, you know, Duncan Ferguson, Carlo Mancilotti, Davi, took him quickly into the first team pool. And he's there now, and he's had three really good performances in the, uh, the three uh, Carabao Cup games. And he'd also had a couple of good performances and friendly. So he's been a bonus and he looks ready now because I know that we all, we all hoped that Leighton Baines would stay for another year, didn't we, just to give us that crossover point 
um, of, of where the backup was concerned. But Baines retired and and Nkunku has come in and probably wasn't planned to be the backup left back, but has proved he's worthy of that role. And then obviously um, Ben Godfrey, who Everton signed on deadline day, is a really talented young centre back, very quick, strong, good with the ball. Still got some development to do, but is a is a really smart signing and can put and it's versatile as well. So I've been really impressed with with Everton's transfer window after Seder. Yeah, Billy. Um, obviously, you've seen a little bit of on Konku now. What what are your thoughts on him so far? Because he's come from nowhere really, and and certainly in those League Cup games has been excellent. Yeah, I think as Baz said, like initially when we signed him, I think everyone expected him just to be a part of the under 23s and a lot of people thought we'd get another left back as well like I remember Anthony Robinson being linked with the move back but um, I know since he's played like in the pre-season games and in the cup games he's looked really good like physically in terms of his pace and his strength but then going forward I think in the first games we saw him going forward like his, his crossing as well is really good but then in the most recent game we saw him against West Ham like his um, his defensive work seemed sound as well so it seems like we've got a really good player then there and someone who can step in if Luca Dean ever becomes unavailable. So I think that's a really smart signing by Brands and probably one that will go under the radar with the likes of Hammers coming in. So, yeah, I think it's a great signing. Kane, were you surprised that we went for Ben Godfrey with you know, a couple of, couple of days to the window to go and centre-back position, we've got players in there, we've got young players like Lewis Gibson who seem to be the future or seem to, we've been told they're the future and obviously Tamori we wanted on loan but that never happened, are you surprised we've gone and paid 20 million plus for someone who obviously is a big talent but someone who isn't maybe seen as vital just right now now very surprised to be honest mate, I was expecting coming at centre back I was expecting some more, but Godfrey just come out of nowhere. If the club believe in, we need to invest that type of money into a centre back, then so be it. I'll be honest, that only hands on a forward, but that's just me. But and Godfrey sounds like an, an exercise as the lads have just he gives us options. We've got we've got Branthwaite who will more than likely go on loan maybe in the next 10 days or even in January but it just gives gives us a, um, a, a stronger squad to be honest I've never seen um, Godfrey play for Norwich um, as really caught me I, I watched a video where we've from Norwich City spoken about him and you know excited to be fair 20 million pounds if 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 that's what the club be, I'm fully behind it. Baz Kane mentioned there about a forward. Are you hoping that can still happen? Um, is there any other positions you'd like to have to delved in there? Because there's a, been loads of talk, hasn't there, amongst the fans about what we should have got or what we didn't get or 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 whatever. There's always a little bit in, with transfer deadlines of you could sign everyone you want, but people still want more. But are you still hopeful that a centre forward could come in? Because obviously Moise Keane went out on loan to Paris Saint Germain. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he gets games there, and hopefully he comes back a player rearing to go for next season. But is that centre forward position 
or certainly one of the three, you know, the three positions, something that could still happen in the next nine days? It could definitely still happen. Obviously, the window's open till five o'clock on the 16th. Um, I think it's a, I think with Moise Keane going out, with Theo Walker going off to Southampton, um, we know that there was some murmurings that Bernard might go out and I think there's still a couple of windows open around the world where that he's attracting interest. So at the minute he's here, whether he'll still be here next week, I don't know. But um, but even if Bernard stays, and I've got no issue with that because it keeps our squad strong, I feel like we do need another striker or a, a wide a player who can play wide for us. Um, because I also think as well as that, it gives us the option of putting hammers inside if we need to in certain games. And always shooting, being out on the right at the minute. But it's it's like we've said many times, and I know you were very unsure of if Dominic Calvert-Lewin needs a rest. Is Moise Keane the right profile to go and play mm. through the middle for us? He's never really, he's never looked like he can go and do that role on his own. He's always, for me, looked better when he's had two people up there, someone with him. I think he's looked much more comfortable. So I feel like we definitely needed someone in that role and obviously everybody who watches us and listens to me will know that I've been champion someone like Josh King for, for a good couple of months now, three months I think, when I first mentioned it. Because I just feel with Josh King, I think he's at a good age. Uh, I think you'd probably get him for, I don't know, £12 million maybe. But he can play anywhere across the front three. He's an international striker. Played wide for Bournemouth, I think he's averaged one in four for Bournemouth, but from wide areas. But that's playing for Bournemouth. And mm. I feel like he can go through the middle if you need him to, but he can give us a threat off the wide areas as well. So I think it'd be a good sign for Everton and really bolster the squad. And, and it gives us nine days to try to do that kind of deal. Billy, Josh King, you know, we've seen a lot of him in the last few years in the Premier League. He's currently obviously in, uh, with Bournemouth. There's talk that he knocked back some moves. Uh, on transfer deadline day to go abroad. There's also some talk that he might have his heart set on a move to Everton. Do you mm -hmm. think a player like that coming in, someone who can play on the left, someone who can play on the right, someone who could play central, and also someone who can come off the bench as well and make a difference, do you think that would be a good move for Everton You know, ahead of the rest of the season? Yeah, I think, it's, I think it would make a lot of sense because... In the whole window, I, I was wanting Everton to sign one, some someone with pace who could really get in behind. Because I don't think Everton have a player like that really. You look at like wide forwards, a lot of the teams who've, who've got this pace that you can um, play through balls and they can get in behind. Um, and you look at the current squad. There's a lot of players like um, Awobi, Bernard, and Gordon who are better sort of centrally or off the left. Whereas on the right, we don't really have um, players like we've got Hammers, obviously, but but beyond that, we don't really have anyone. So I think in terms of someone who can play on the right and has pace, I think it makes a lot of sense. But also with Moise Keane going, he ticks that box of being like a substitute striker as well. So I think it I think it'd make a lot of sense for Everton, and he's a good player as well, and would offer a lot from the bench. Where like recently we've been bringing on players like Walcott before he left, obviously, and he would never really have the the impact that we'd want. Whereas I think Josh King would so. I think before the domestic window shuts, I think that would be someone Everton should be looking at. Would you be happy with that, Kane? Would you like to see Josh King come to Everton? Yeah, 100%. I've said before, he can play anywhere. 
wear across the front frame, which will give because really flexible as move into the number number eight position. So I think we do need a, a player who can on that right hand side. I, I think well, finish right the league. Can play 38 games a season um, with his injury record. I've, I've had questions in the past, it is a worry, but got that there and bring King in, he can play anywhere across that from three. He's a Premier League quality, he scored goals for Bournemouth. Like, let's be honest, he ripped us apart that last, last game of the season at Goodison. He was fantastic to watch. So, you know, fingers crossed for me because I think if we get this forward, then it, it, will, it will take for and hopefully maybe even make us challenge for the top four without getting carried away. Yeah, I'd I'd love to see him. I'd love to see him coming into heaven. I think um makes just makes sense. Right, just to finish off going back to the Mayside Derby, I don't want to get into that too much. We'll talk about that next week. But that's just to finish. Do you think we can keep this going for the rest of the season. Not obviously winning every game, but just just what we've seen so far. Are we a team that can finish in those European places? Yeah, from definitely from what I've seen so far. If we if we keep it going, then of course we can we can probably even make the top four if we were to keep this kind of form going. There'll be big obstacles to overcome this season. How would do we respond after the defeat? Do we get straight back at it? Um, when we're questioned in games, can we carry on playing the way we want to? We've done it so far, haven't we? We've managed to do it so far. So I think when you look at it like that, I think there's no reason why Everton can't do it. Um, and getting someone like Josh King, who we've just been speaking about, helps with that because if you do, if you are a couple of players down, if Hammers is looking tired and needs to sit on the bench. You've got someone to come in who's explosive, who can really, you know, there's no drop-off. There will be a drop-off in quality if Hammers isn't there because he's incredible, but what I mean is your team still maintains a threat, albeit a slightly different one, because mm. King, like I think Billy was talking about, King can go in behind, so you can turn people that way, but also because he's, he's bright and he'll go through the middle. It's, it's having the players who, if Dominic Calvert-Lewin's looking tired, you can go go and play up front for us and not be worried about it, not going, oh, is he going to be able to do it? Because Josh King through the middle is a threat. So I think he's vital to that. If Everton do get him, I think it, you look around that squad then with the, the likes of Godfrey that's coming, you start looking at that squad going, this is actually a squad that ticks a lot of boxes. They brought Robin Olsen in as well from Roma on loan, mm. the keeper. Hopefully he'll push Pickford to cut his errors out. Um, and we can start, we can look for the rest of the season and think we've got a great manager, we've got a good squad here now, we've got a couple of world-class players in there. It looks, everything looks to be right to be able to have an assault at Europe. And listen, Leicester could have, probably should have really finished top four last season. They mm -hmm. fell on the swords a bit after Christmas for, I think, 81-1-8 or something and ultimately that cost them it. But I don't look at Leicester and go there better than Everton because they're not. They've got Vardy, who's amazing. And they've got a, some good midfield players, but overall, are they a better squad than Everton? I wouldn't say so. And mm -hmm. they ran it very close last season, so why not? Obviously, we need to keep this momentum going, but with Ancelotti in charge, it's tactical awareness, and with the squad we've amassed now, if we do get Josh King, 
and we can throw him in or even Ishmael Shah if we couldn't get King that one extra attack on player I think Everton would be in a great position Billy do you think we can maintain it? Um, well I hope so yeah but it depends on a lot of things I think you look at as Baz says how the how the side will react when, when we first lose if and when that does happen um, but also you look at some uh, like the Christmas period where we tend to struggle because of the amount of games how we'll react to those games but as we spoke about before, the the depth in the in the squad should help with that. As as long as Ancelotti being manager and knowing how and when to rotate, it also depends on the other teams. I think like um, I think some of them so far haven't settled quite as quick as we thought. Someone like like Chelsea perhaps and United. So it it does depend on a lot of factors, but just based on what we've seen so far, I think Everton are more than good enough to finish in the top four. You know, winning all four games and looking good whilst doing it. So. We just got to hope for the best and enjoy it uh, while we can, yeah. And Kane as well, just just going off something Billy just said as well. As well, these those teams, traditional top six teams, they're gonna have a lot of games in the next couple of months with those European games as well. Do you think with Everton having one game a week for two months ahead of that December and January period, can really set this team down and hopefully get us in a run so that we are challenging for the European places? Places. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Because if teams are playing three games in a week, the the squads aren't going to be for them to play four games in a week. The schedule is just normal for them to top six teams. So it is definitely an advantage for us. We we can we can keep it going. Why not? We we went one nil up at Spurs and came out, and I think we can solve the whole game for me. We're in a threat. West Brom went 1-0 against us at Goodison. We've come back and even equal. I know you could, you could say that they had 10 in that game, but you know, we're getting over here. Those Palace, Palace equalised how many we have away from home and we've just lost control of the game when it seems West Ham equalised against us, Brighton equalised. We're still going on to win games. This, this team goals me. When you've got a, a manager like Carlo Ancelotti who isn't getting carried away with this form, let's be honest, if you watch us, really impressive that we're in. Let's see how this team reacts when the bubble bursts. And that'll be that we, we need to look at when, when we get a bad defeat. It's going to happen. We're not going to go undefeated all, all throughout the season. Um, it's when, when that bubble bursts, how does the team react? And to be honest, that. I've got a lot of. We've got every chance of Europe. Why haven't we? Because the teams around us at the minute are. Let's be honest. United have lost two, the two home games. So we need to we need to stick with it and get as much as we can. Great words to finish on. There you go. The podcast is back. If you want to get involved, let us know. Drop us a line. The email is contact us at toffeetvefc.com if you want to be a guest on the podcast. Big thanks to Billy. Big thanks to Kane for joining us. And we'll be back next week. See you later.